your hand if you can hear me. See if anybody's actually listening. I've done that in Sunday school class, and you get one kid that raises a hand, and then they get the candy. All of a sudden, all the kids pay attention. <laughs> Reward systems work really well. Hey, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and just thank Him for this day. Dearly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to gather here to worship your name. I thank you for the testimony of these ladies and just thank you that they had a great time of fellowship this weekend, a time to get to know each other better, uh, a time to get to know you better. We just thank you for the growth there. We thank you for uh, the community that has come together there with these ladies. pray that you'll bless this time. Uh, give us... Um, Clear minds, and give me the words that you would have me to speak in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we're doing a series of uh, where did it come from? I, I normally have that about every other day. Where did, where, did, where did that come from? Usually I need to probably clean my office again. Um, but we're talking about where did all this stuff come from? around us? Where did all this stuff, and I'm not necessarily talking about the clutter in my office, but if you could figure that out for me, I'd appreciate that. And today we're going to talk about where did you come from? Or I would like to say, where'd that guy come from? So, and have you ever asked that question, where where did I come from? Not not Nate. Where did Nate come from? Uh, uh, experts are still working that one out. <laughs> how do we get this guy? But rather, how am I here? How is, how is it even possible for you to be here? How is it possible you're even here? And it's a pretty big question. Uh, scientists continue to try to answer this huge question. I mean, very, very brilliant scientists. Um, the one thing that maybe, I won't say annoys me or frustrates me about these scientists that they, they'll find every other thing. They'll work so hard on everything else to say, because there's no God. We know that's not true, right? We can't, we can't think of anything else. We can't find any other reason for origin because we, we can't have God. And it's frustrating to me because I think it's a simple answer. You know, God created you. Great. Let's all go eat lunch. But, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So where did we come from? And the problem is with these scientists and so many different people telling us that we came from something besides God brings this idea that we're here by accident. And that's the danger that's out there in the world. Because our, our kids are hearing it, whether they're hearing it from, hopefully not from us, but they're hearing it from the TV, they're hearing it from the fact that it's just omitted from their uh, teaching at school, that they're an accident, that it just kind of happened. If you read any scientist, you'll hear that it's, existence is kind of accidental. It just kind of showed up one day. Um, if you go to the Smithsonian's website, I love the Smithsonian. I love a lot of the things they put out. I, I love to the, the learn these things that they put out. And it talks about origins on their website. And they say human evolution is how we've got here. It's a lengthy process of change by which people originated from ape-like ancestors. 
These scientific evidence shows that the physical and behavior traits shared by all people originated from ape-like ancestors and evolved over a period of approximately six million years. And we know that. We've heard that multiple, multiple times. And I'm not here to do a, a message about um, the whole creation and whether we're from apes or not. I don't believe that we are. And I think today we can prove that we are not. The common theme in all scientific writings that I can see, and if you go and look at any scientific writing, there's the uh, there's some websites where it'll talk about origins and everything, and it'll say science says this, and creationists say this. And I, I don't I think that's part of the lie that Satan puts out there. He wants to say that we as believers in God don't believe in science, and I don't think that's true at all. I think that we have a can have a good understanding of science, that we can believe in science, we can discover science, and still have God. So that's the secular origin, a secular explanation of human life that you hear from the Smithsonian. But if, if you look, I wanted to know, what do they say is the origin of all life? Because we they say we've evolved to this point. What is the origin of all life? Because we came from other some other life form and showed up here, and they say, well, they've, they've narrowed it down. There's this hypothesis, and there's a couple of different theories out there. There's one that kind of makes me chuckle. There's, they found these chemicals and these vents under the sea, and maybe that's actually where life came from. They kind of formed in these really hot vent things on the sea floor somewhere near Africa, and then from that, some type of sea creature came, and then we know that they crawled up on the ocean and became out of the ocean on the beach, and they became this thing, and they started walking around, and um, here we are today, millions of years later. And, and the idea that I get from it is, doesn't it make you feel pretty worthless that you're here by an accident? There's some vent on the seafloor. I think we, we came from this hole in the ground over here. Nobody really, ca nobody really cared about you. It just kinda, you just kind of showed up one day. Why are you even here? And it makes you feel pretty worthless. You're a mistake of millions of years of evolution, and eventually you're going to die out anyways. And you know what? Now the environmentalists are telling us that we're pretty much destroying the earth, that it would be better if there were less people in the world because, well, deforestation and pollution and all this stuff that we put in the air, the humans are just terrible for the earth. You know, it would just be better if we weren't here at all. That's what it seems like to me. That's, that's what I seem to hear. But before we jump ahead, let's talk about where man came from, because this is where the hope is that we have. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we've been hanging out in this area. This is, if you want to talk about origins, we'll go to Genesis. That's where you're going to talk about where things came from. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, God said, let us make man in our image. Is that a theme of something this weekend? Okay. And God saw that it was good. Oh, wait a minute. I need glasses, apparently. Let me start over. Then God said, it was good. Let's get that right. Let us make man in our, our image and after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
And in verse 27 he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. We go, jump with me to chapter 2 and verse 7. And he says it again. Then the man, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So I present to you that you're not here by accident because the creation of man was intentional. I was chuckling. I think that was the Holy Spirit, Jane. You talked about Garfield, and he's bouncing the ball of yarn around. And I don't read the paper, actually. I said, what is a newspaper? No. <laughs> it litters my front yard for whatever reason. We get the, the paper for free on Sunday. I don't know why. Because I got lots of ads in there, and my wife uses them to go buy things, which is great because they have great coupons in there, so we save lots of money, I hope. <laughs> So yeah, we just throw that ball of yarn out there and it's going to come back to us in a million years with a sweater and, and, and a bonnet and maybe some gloves or something. I'm, I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to my cat. My cat would probably look at it and think I'm crazy. And uh, hopefully a, a sweater comes out of it. We know that's silly. But, but that's what they want us to believe, that this just kind of happened by accident. But no, God said, and I know that he said this, because he said, let's make a man going to make this. And I know, and we know from other parts of Scripture, when God says He's going to do something, He does it. Then He didn't say this was some long process. It was quick and intentional. intentional. He says in verse 26, chapter 1, let's make a man in our image after our own likeness. Verse 27, so God created the man in his own image. And there's the, what, I don't know, what's that called, the gap theory, where there's this big gap in between there, and this long process happened, and um, man showed up several million years later, so they want us to believe that there's a big separation there. But I look at creation, and you see how a, a baby is formed so quickly, just like that, when God said, let us make a man, and he went and made a man, you know, at the moment of conception, there's a baby. That's what I believe. It's not some group of cells that are coming together. There's, there's a baby there instantaneously. Once it happens, it happens. And as quickly as that baby is formed, which happens very quickly, once the, once the egg is fertilized, as fast as, this, as life comes into that baby, is as fast as life came into that man. I, would, I think it'd be neat to see. I kind of hope, like, when we get to heaven, maybe, I don't know, instant playback. Maybe God's got some documentaries of, of how this happened. I kind of hope God's got 4K video and stuff for us to watch or maybe 3D, you know, VR experience or something. Of I'm, I'm really interested to see how this happened. I, I'll, I'll probably never understand it, but I think it'd be neat to watch. But God said, let's make a man. That's very intentional to me. Let me know that God meant to do this because God formed the man. Now they talk about life maybe coming from this hole in the ground in the ocean. And God says that the man was made from dust. That's chapter 2 and verse 7, that he made man from dust. And 
There's been some new research out in the last couple of years about how everything for life is in dirt, but they can't figure out how to make life from that dirt. But isn't dirt just dirt? I mean, dirt is all around us, and that it's apparently enough stuff for us to make life out of it. God can do it. But scientists say, well, God doesn't exist because we can't figure out how to make life from it. And if we can't figure it out, as brilliant as we are, apparently God can't do it either. And I think Satan would like us to think that. Everything else, we've got to look over here, look over here. We don't, we don't want to look at God. God doesn't exist. The whole premise, I think, of this study through origins is proving that God does exist. It's impossible for him to not. And I... Went to the beach this summer, I built sandcastles with my son. We formed these cool little things, and then he destroyed them with his truck. It was a lot of fun. I can't make a person, a creature, a living thing out of dirt any more than anybody else. And why not? Well, there's a story about a, a giant, there was a giant ship, and uh, the engine failed, and, and the ship owners... I don't know what you call ship owners. I guess just, just ship owners. Uh, tried one expert after another, and none of them could figure out how to fix the engine. The engine was broken. So they brought in this old man who had been fixing ships since he was really young, and he carried a large bag of tools with him. And when he arrived, he immediately went to work. He inspected the engine very carefully, top to bottom. And the two of the ship's owners were there watching this man, hoping he would know what to do. And after looking over things, the old man reached into his bag, and he pulled out a small hammer. He tapped very gently on something, and instantly the engine lurched into life. He carefully put his hammer away, and the engine was fixed. And a week later, the owners received a bill for the old man for $10,000. So they wrote the old man a note saying, please send us an itemized bill. And the man sent a bill that read, it says, tapping with hammer, $2. With knowing where the tap, $9,998. I think that's the difference between us and God. It's a priceless difference. We can look at dirt. It's impossible for us to, to make life out of that dirt. And God says, no, I know how to make life out of that dirt. That is what is different between the scientist and the man. They're not willing to accept that they're wrong, that they, they don't know enough about the dirt. And who would know more about dirt than the people studying the dirt? Well, maybe the one who created the dirt. Because we know that God created the, he created the dirt, so he knows how to make life out of it. He could have made life out of anything. I think I believe that. He could have made life out of whatever he wanted to. He wanted to make life out of dirt that day, you know? If God wants to do it, he can make life out of that dirt. Not to say that we're dirt, that we're lower than that, but that's that's where that's how God chose to do it. But the scientists want us to believe if there's no God, if we just stand there and just stare at the dirt long enough, hopefully hopefully something will happen. I've stared at dirt a long time. And I get grass that grows up out of it, and then I have to mow it. Number three, we know that God intentionally created man. So it says in chapter 2 and verse 7, he breathed life into the man. In an intentional fashion. I think this is interesting. A lot of theologians have looked at this. It's different from how he created the animals. He spoke and the animals were there. He spoke, the birds were there. He spoke, the earth was there. He takes a little bit more time with us. 
takes a little bit more time with the man, and he breathes life into him. It didn't say he breathed life into the lion, breathed life into the chimpanzee. Amazing creatures. Man, he could talk it, and they were there. A man, he takes a little bit more time. Now, a lot of theologians believe that maybe this is where the spirit of the man comes in. It's a little bit different. It's a differentiation from it. And it doesn't say, I don't know. We can we could probably argue it and argue it. And that I think that's a good conclusion to come to, that that's likely the man's spirit. He took some extra time. He took this dirt, made a man, and then he spent time. He breathed life into him, gave him some life support there. And he became alive. God took a special care in creating you. There was just more involved in making the man than just forming him. I think he took extra time with the man because he loved the man. I mean, did he write this? Did he write a book for us, for, for, for the giraffes, for the dogs, for the cats? I'm not aware of one. They're not, my dog is not smart enough. She'd eat it. Uh, the cat would ignore it, and, and the giraffe or the lion would trample it. They, they wouldn't care. We're the only creature that I'm aware of that's intelligent enough to take this and, and read it. And, and it's because I think God took a special amount of time to breathe life into us, that he wanted us to be different from them. And it's beyond the scope of our message, but he did this so that we would know how to have dominion over this earth. That's our purpose here. He gave us something extra. Because, man, you're special. Everybody's special. You're special. You're, you're different than the animals. You're different than anything else. God has a special plan for us. And there's not too many people on the earth because God put us here. And yeah, we've got a job to do. I think it's important that we make sure that we plant trees after we cut them down for lumber. I think Because we have to have dominion over this, right? I think it's important that we don't dump a bunch of chemicals into our lakes and oceans. Because our job is to have dominion over this. Our job is to maintain this earth that God gave us. But it doesn't make those things more important than you. You have to be really careful that these things don't become more important than the people around you. You're here for a reason. There is no mistake that you're here. And it's easy to feel worthless in this world. Too often I've been used or felt used by somebody for their own means, their own pleasure, and maybe you have the same way. Somebody makes you feel worthless, puts you down, and, and it hurts you. You know, I, I stand here as somebody who's been through a lot of pain, and, and I see pain out there. I, I know the pain in some people's lives out there. I know there's probably pain I'm not even aware of, but somebody has made you feel worthless, made you feel like you're here by accident. But just looking at you, I know that you're not here by accident, because you're made in God's image. God made you for a reason. 
And Satan comes along and he works through others, unfortunately, to put you down, to hurt you, to make you feel like you're there for no reason at all. And since you're there for no reason at all, they can do whatever you want. And you know what? If you feel like you're here for no reason at all, why do you think people are committing suicide? Why do you think we have a suicide epidemic here last fall? And I fear for what this fall brings. We're going into October. I'm nervous. These kids are back in school, and they're being taught that they're in an accident, and then they, they, they kind of nitpick at each other, and it just gets worse and worse. You know, they, they'll go in, they'll shoot up the school, and, and they'll shoot themselves, or they'll take their own lives. And I know what that feels like to think, I'm, I'm worthless. I might as well just end it all now and be done, because there's no reason for me to be here. I felt like that. From the, from the people who should have cared for me the most. Have you felt that? Has somebody made you feel, maybe even said that you're an accident, we didn't mean to have another child, that you're an oops, you're a mistake. I think we need to be really careful that we don't communicate to our children that they were any type of mistake because they're hearing it from every other source. That they're a mistake here. I don't want my son to ever feel like he was a mistake. God wants him here, and whether you like it or not, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility for my son. It's your responsibility for those around you to make them know that they are worth something, that they're valuable, because God took the time to breathe life into that person. And as long as they are living and breathing... It's our job to take care of them and love them like Jesus would love them. God's got a purpose for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. I don't care what, what color, what age you are, what, what anything you are, whether you're, you're man or woman, God's got a, a purpose for you. You know, it, it's, it scares me how much what they call it sexism is out there. Sometimes it can come across as a joke, but... It, it really, it, it happens a lot. Um, racism is such a serious issue these days. On, on either side, uh, white, black, whether you're, you're Indian or if you're Mexican, they, they're just constantly putting you, oh, you know those Indian people, you know how they are. You know how those Jewish people, you know how they are. Well, tell me how are they. They're people who are created in God's image, you know. Why do we classify people? Because like, it's sin. It's satanic. It's demonic that we put people down, people who are created in God's image. You know, there, there's a big thing these days where we put down the millennials because they're the, the dumb kids. And there's some dumb kids out there, let me tell you. But our kids feel like they're an accident. And the next generation, even beyond the millennials, I think, I think the last millennials have graduated from high school now. But they feel like they're, they're dumb, they're worthless, and then they're hearing, like, this next generation, man, they're, they're, just, they're just stupid. You know what? Why don't we go and lift each other up? I can say, well, that's, you know, there's a, there's a dumb old man out there. Man, that's really offensive. Let's not say that. It's the same thing if we say that's a dumb kid. Well, if you see a dumb kid, help them not be dumb anymore. <laughs> Take some time with that kid and help them. If you think I'm a dumb kid, come I need your help. <laughs> 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 All 
All right, Carrie, you got my, you got biggest project, <laughs> biggest project ever. <laughs> Pray for Carrie. <laughs> it makes me so sad to see, even in church, how we put each other down, how we use each other for our own means. And we're not able to be honest with each other, not able to love each other because of this. Man is one of the highest in creation that God created. Psalm chapter 8, starting at verse 3, says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Who are we, God, that you care about us? Yet you have made him just a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the work of your hands and you've put under his feet all of the sheep and the oxen and the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea and whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We spend so much time trying to protect the dogs and the cats and whatever other animal. And again, we're supposed to have dominion over them. But we're killing our babies and we're spending all this money on our dogs. We had this great idea last year to go get a dog because we thought Cameron would love to have a dog. He loves having a dog. Dogs are much more expensive than I want them to be. We got food, and then our dog has like eczema, so we got to go get allergy shots for the dog. All these vet bills and medication, and we want to take care of our dog. But this, here's the most controversial statement I'll make today: A dog is personal property. It's not your child. Your child is your child. We're taking much better care of our pets than our kids. We'll, we'll beat our kids up. The, our, our kids are getting molested. They're, they're, they're watching TV with all this junk that's on there. And yet, we'll take really good care of the dogs. I, I feel like I'm less important than some people's pets. We spent $62 billion on pets in 2016. That's some number I found. I don't know. That's how much we spent. No, I didn't. <laughs> By the way, I'm donating some money for a new campus, okay? <laughs> Wish I had that kind of money. Not for my dog, but that's how much Americans spent on their pets. That's a lot of money. <clears throat> Pet store business. We have one of the biggest uh, dog collar, dog leash manufacturers right here in Alliance. It's a huge business. Multi, multi-million dollar business right there. And they just make dog collars and dog leashes. That's just one tiny little thing. That, go to the pet store. How many aisles and aisles of food? It's like the Walmart of pets. I hate taking my dog in there because I can't. There's so many things to smell and do. I think we need to make sure, as our challenge going forward, that we are not 
communicating to those around us that they are worthless, that they are an accident. And then on the other hand, have you felt worthless? Have you felt like you're an accident? You're not an accident. You're not here by accident. As long as you're here, as long as you have that breath of life that God breathed into you, there's a purpose for you here. That idea of dominion, that covers a lot. And God's got a lot to do here. It's a big earth. It's a lot of hurting people. People that you can pour into, people you can help. That can be your purpose alone, just trying to help clean up all the junk that people have been hurt with before some of these kids take their own lives, before some of these adults take their own lives. There's, there's so much grace that God gives us that no matter what, He's got something for you. I want to challenge us this week that we are making sure that we show God's love to those around us. And then I want to pray for you that we can become self-aware if we feel as though we're an accident because that's held me back. I felt like I was an accident. I felt like I was worthless. And it just, I knew the Lord, but it really brought my motivation level down. If you feel like you're pointless and worthless, why would you do anything? Why would you ever do anything? I feel more worthwhile now that I know the truth that God loves me and he has a plan and a purpose for me. I'm, I'm free to do all of these things that God has told me to do because I know my purpose. And I want you to know that purpose. God's got so many great things for you to do. Whether, whether it's just you need to go to work and do your job and breathe life into those around you, Maybe he wants you to start a family. Maybe he wants you to make a new friend. Maybe he wants you to, to start a business. Maybe he wants you to start a, a, a Bible study. Maybe he just wants you to get up every morning and go to McDonald's and have coffee with all of those hurting people there. There's so many things you can do. But we can't, we're not going to do it by sitting in our houses doing nothing behind the, the screen of our phone, talking on Facebook. There, there's nothing that we're, we're going to be as effective as we can be if we're out face-to-face -face with people. That's what we need today. It's the lie of Satan that all of these things, that we can be social behind all of these screens. These are great. I use them for reminders for myself. I help myself remind my things of myself of things. There's a lot going on. But there's nothing like having face-to-face -face contact with people and getting to know them. And knowing that they're loved. Sometimes the only contact that kids get from their parents is when they get backhanded. There's, there's, there's some real pain out there. And I know I keep focusing on it, but there's some real pain out there I'm aware of. And I just really pray that we would all understand that that is really our mission here at Wellspring is to love people like Jesus loves us and help them understand that they are worth something before they end it all. Father, I just I want to lift this time up to you. This is heavy. 
we, we, we cry out to you. It's, it's hard to even sometimes know because there's so many lies around us that we, we, we try to protect ourselves. I'm not hurting. I'm fine. But we, we're hurting inside. We're, we're torn up inside. We're broken people. I feel like there's, there's some here today that are hiding hurt and brokenness, Father. I pray that you would give them courage to say, I'm broken and I need help. I need, I need some love. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would give us boldness to be able to listen to them. To say, I care. To say that I want to help you feel worth something. I want you to know that God loves you. I want to pray for those who are hurting. Just, just fill them up today, Father. They may, they may already know you. And if they don't know you, I pray that your, your spirit would come to them today, that you would help them to know you today. Is there a today I'm talking to you that I can pray for you? that you're broken inside, you feel like an accident, you feel worthless. If I can pray for you today, I, I won't name you, but I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you ongoing. Can you put up your hand for me? Everybody else's eyes are closed. I want you to know that God loves you. He didn't make you by accident. No matter what, you're here for a purpose. You didn't just come from some mistake in the ocean, but you came from, from God's breath that he breathed into you. He intended to create you. That's something I want you to be able to rest in today. Something I want you to to think about and look for those hurting around us that you can communicate to this truth to them that God loves them and they're not here by mistake Father I commit this time to you be with each and every one of those in here Father be with our kids down the hall help them to know that they are not an accident help them to know that they indeed are your creation and you love them in Jesus' name, amen. As we finish up.